Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. Thank you so much, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro to Silver and Black Flashback. I hope to keep on earning that praise you give me. And never to be left out is my man Murph, the host of the greatest Raiders podcast out there. Thanks so much for the great opportunity you give me, my friend, to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio, as well as having the chance to be a part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And also, I cannot thank you enough, Murph, for saying such awesome things about my new book, Championship Diary, about our Raiders Super Bowl 18 victory. If you get a chance, Raider Nation, check it out on Amazon or go to the link provided on Murph's show. And to Murph's co-hosts, Swag Jeff and Michelle, and all of the silver and black faithful listening around the world, I am proud as hell to bring you stories of the people and moments that helped make our Raiders history so damn glorious. And with all that being said, why not get on with this, our time together once again on Silver and Black Flashback. So on this episode, we are not going to talk about a player, coach, or game. Okay, now I bet you are thinking, what the hell? This is going to be the shortest episode in podcast history. But no, no, my Raider faithful, for this is going to be a complete show with the topic being about one of the most dedicated fans in the history of our Raiders organization. Now, we all know that Raider Nation is the most dedicated fan base in all the world. However, Claude Dawson Jones really kicked his passion up a notch to the point of it getting him well let's say, in a wee bit of trouble with law enforcement. Intrigued? All right then, let's get going with this story and how Claude was able to follow his beloved Raiders in style. Like so many of us devoted Raider fanatics, Claude Jones's passion for the Silver and Black Empire began as a child growing up in North Sacramento, California. His parents helped that passion along when they purchased a Marv Hubbard number 44 jersey for him and BAM! Just like that, another Raider fan was christened. At Rio Linda High School in Sacramento, Claude played tight end on the football team before serving four years in the United States Air Force. He then got married, worked at a bank, was president of a little league organization, was involved with youth groups, and sang in the choir. Yes, my Raider faithful, this man was truly a leading citizen in the area where he lived. Then things got a bit off track for him. And I mean way off track. In addition to his amazing passion for the Raiders, Claude also lived by the team's long-standing image of a rebel attitude 
that was famous for resurrecting careers of players cast off by other teams for whatever reason with the desire to succeed by any means possible regardless of what any outsiders thought of them. Yes, it was the classic us-against-the-world concept, and Claude embraced that bad-guy attitude. He felt it made him feel self-confident, a bit cocky, erratic, and a bit of a hellraiser. Things then went in the wrong direction for this Raider Nation superfan. He started partying a bit too much and got divorced in March of 1990. The breakup of his family made Claude very sad and that led to heavier consumption of alcoholic beverages. He hated his job at the bank, quit, then found work at the Franchise Tax Board, which he hated just as much. He then moved in with his sister, who worked for the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department. By November of 1990, Claude's psyche reached his breaking point, and it finally snapped. He planned on taking a trip down to Los Angeles for a Raiders game against the Green Bay Packers on November 11th, but he was running out of funds. This was when bank robbing seemed like a perfect solution for him. After all, he worked in a bank and knew his way around the business. So on November 7th, Claude strolled into the First National Savings Bank and walked out with $1,100. He claimed the experience felt weird, surreal like a dream, and he was numb after it. Well, all those negative feelings of guilt quickly went away once he reached the Hacienda Hotel in El Segundo only a block away from the Raiders' training complex when they were in Los Angeles. He drank at Raiders' hangouts, bought rounds for fellow partiers, and blew through $20 bills just as fast as breathing air. At this moment, he did feel remorse for what he did and swore to himself that he would never do such a thing again. Now a brief pause here, Raider Nation. So, how many times have we all promised not to do something ever again, but in time thought, Ah, what the hell, and went back to doing the same thing, no matter what it was. I will let each of you fill out the broken promise part yourself. That is your business. And back to Claude we go. Obviously, he broke the promise he made, and by December 7th, 1990, he had robbed 10 banks. On that heist, he walked away with $2,300, then went off to his favorite drinking establishment to celebrate in style, buying round after round of kamikazes all night for the other patrons. And just in case it is not known, a kamikaze is a vodka cocktail that will knock you on your ass. Claude's approach to robbing banks was to be nonviolent. He never used a gun or wore Raiders gear during robberies. He would put on a San Francisco 49ers cap, a team he hated so much, and he pulled the cap down low to almost cover his eyes to avoid being identified. He simply held his demand notes down on the countertop with both hands while scared-as-hell bank tellers read the same note that read, Give me 20s, 50s, and 100s. No alarms, and hurry up. In all, he had 24 robberies to his credit for a total of $25,253. On one of his robberies, a holdup of the world savings on November 19, 1990, Claude gathered up his haul and quickly found the exit door was locked. It was 4.30 p.m., which was closing time. Aw, crap, might have been some of the words going through his head, plus many others, but it all worked out in his favor. For the bank manager, who was not aware of the robbery, happily unlocked the door for Claude, told him to have a nice day, and come back again. By this time, 
Claude severed all ties with old friends and family. He told his new group of friends that he was a bookie because I guess, well, telling him he robbed banks would have brought on some suspicion. So, after slamming down kamikazes with his new bar-related friends, Claude decided on a whim to spend the weekend in Los Angeles, drove to the airport, booked a flight, and he was soon flying the friendly skies to L.A., baby. Upon flying into LAX, Claude saw the L.A. Coliseum, and Raider mania hit him like a ton of bricks. At that moment, he knew he had to go see his beloved Silver and Black Renegades play on a Monday night game in Detroit. So within an hour after landing in Los Angeles, Claude was back in the air, headed to the Motor City of Detroit. After arriving there, he rented a limo and headed off to his hotel. However, the hotel was booked, but flashing a roll of $100 bills quickly got the attention of the hotel staff, and they began looking to make him as happy as possible. By this time, Claude was riding high in Raider splendor, buying new clothes, meeting upper-class people, and watching the Raiders clinch the 1990 AFC Western Division title. The bank robberies seemed to get easier with each job, and then Claude slipped up. During a robbery at Hart Federal Savings on January 11, 1991, he failed to pull his cap down far enough, and an overhead camera snapped a picture of him. That picture was then posted in area banks, and six days later, a manager of Bank of America called the FBI to tell them that three of his employees thought the picture looked like a former worker. Yep, and that former worker turned out to be Claude Jones. The FBI then matched the photo to that of the one on Claude's driver's license, and the Sacramento Sheriff's Department, where his sister worked, traced Claude to the Best Western Motel on Richards Boulevard. On Friday, January 18, 1991, there were three loud knocks on the door of room 211, and Claude looked outside to see police, sheriff's deputies, and FBI agents all armed with guns. And ironically, 211 is the penal code for robbery. Talk about a bad vibe in that room. So needless to say, Claude's future was about to suck really bad. And one day earlier, he pulled off his final robbery of a security Pacific Bank, which accounted for $2,774, one of his biggest hauls ever. Claude surrendered without any trouble, and as the police searched his room, they claimed it looked like a shrine to the Raiders, with jackets, caps, jerseys, and ticket stubs. Also found was a round-trip airline ticket to Buffalo for the AFC Championship game on January 20th. And while sitting in the Sacramento County Jail, Claude's beloved Raiders got pounded by the Bills, 51-3 in the AFC title game, and he was taunted by security guards who were all San Francisco 49er fans. In a plea agreement, Claude, who had no prior arrests, pleaded guilty to six felony counts of bank robbery. In exchange for the plea, the U.S. Attorney's Office recommended that he receive no more than 97 months in prison. However, a U.S. District Judge saw things another way. And on August 8, 1991, a judge fined Claude $8,593 and sentenced him to nearly 10 years in federal prison. He definitely was sorry for what he did and felt he embarrassed the Raiders organization. He even planned on writing a letter of apology to Al Davis and hoped Mr. Davis would understand and forgive him. Well, 
What did the great Mr. L. Davis do in return? Ready for this one, Raider Nation? Nearly a year to the day after Claude was sentenced to prison, Al Davis stood before the football world on August 1st, 1992, during his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Before concluding his induction speech, Mr. Davis held up an article about Claude while he stood at the podium. He mentioned that Claude Jones was indeed a bank robber, but he was also the greatest Raiders fan in the world. For despite other people turning away from him, the Raiders always remained loyal to him. Claude's dream was to get out of prison and work for the Raiders, but not be involved in their banking. Yes, indeed. I mean, where else can a bank robber be mentioned at a Hall of Fame ceremony? Only in one place, and that is our beloved Raider Nation. I cannot find any information on Claude following his sentencing, but wherever he ended up on life's path, I hope his life worked out well. And it is a good bet that he still cheers for our silver and black. Mr. Jones, you truly are a part of the wild times in Raiders lore. And with that, our time together is over on another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. And I can't wait to get back together with everyone once again next time to share another story from our beloved and colorful history. All right, my Silver and Black faithful, I love and thank you all for listening. What an awesome family we have. And now, all together, loud and proud, let's bring this one home. And how do we do it? Oh, you know how. Ready, Bruce, Matt, and Bamba. Hell yeah, you are. So one, two, three, let me hear it. Love you, Raider Nation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.